Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports. In general, I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man who joins me most weeks, KC Onyebuchi. What up? What up? All right. So let's just be clear. We had this recorded about 30 minutes ago. We finished up and then found out (laughs) that the recording was corrupted. John has gone to sleep. And so we're just trying to get something out there for you, the fans who keep up with combat sports talk from week to week. So thank you for sticking with us for round number three. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. We're in so we're some in of the energy out of the tires. Yeah, this is this is going to get interesting real quick. All right. So it wasn't summer, but the UFC was in Hotlanta, Georgia, for some fiery MMA action with fans groaning about interim titles. The UFC featured Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum for the interim middleweight belt, while the champ. Robert Whitaker nurses himself back to health, and Dustin Poirier looked to stop Max Holloway from achieving double champ status by winning the interim lightweight belt, while Habib Nurmagomedov serves his nine-month suspension for brawling after UFC 229. Allegedly. Allegedly. So let's get into the official decision so we can go over all the results from the action on Saturday night with... The official decision. The official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the results from Saturday night. This was UFC 236, Holloway versus Poirier 2 on April 13th. 2019 at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. There were five fights on the card. The first fight of the night was Nikita Krylov, who defeated Ovent St. Prue OSP via submission. <laughs> Your dude. That's in round two. Like, I know we were going to speed through this, but I just got to call out that this is your dude, and he's kind of trash. Well, you know, the, the, the sad thing is, is that he is kind of now, he was at number 12 when he lost this fight. Um, now he's going to fall out of the top 15. He should. Um, and to think that he was one fight away at one point yeah. from, from contending for the title. So he's, he's, he's hard to watch because you don't know what version of OSP is going to show up. But usually it's a slow starter, lazy fight style. And, and not to hate on him because he does something that I could never do. But his fight style is just not conducive to, to producing – Lots of wins. Well, the thing is, is that Nikita Krylov is a fighter that he he submitted. This is a rematch. A specialty and, submission. Yeah, this was a, a, a Von Flew choke, which is he has kind of become the guy who does that choke. That's his signature submission. And uh, while Nikita didn't uh, put it back on him, he did get him in, a, I believe, a rear naked choke uh, to finish this thing off. In the next fight, Dwight Grant defeated Alain Jubin via... <laughs> you, you right. clearly took French class because that was magnifique. Merci beaucoup, monsieur. Ah, take care. Uh, defeated him via unanimous decision. Um, Alain was very, very upset. <laughs> Perturbed, to say the least. Yes, it was, it was not one of those things where he did not believe he lost. The judges, on the other hand, 
it's it's the old adage you you don't leave it in the judge's hands so it's kind of your fault when you don't win a decision yeah i just wonder if they gave him a belt and a trophy to go and take home with him after he uh <laughs> after he lost that fight on the judge's st- scorecard ah well oh oh i see what you did and i hate you. <laughs> i hate you <laughs> oh, so that's how we're gonna play this so folks uh ryan lost our fight um but i have the belt and a trophy so i'm continuing to maintain that i won this fight and ryan will never fight me again so no i i I won the fight on the georgia on the judges scorecards but uh apparently you were still issued a belt and a trophy apparently what allegedly allegedly whatever Khalil Roundtree Jr. defeated Eric Anders via unanimous decision in what I have to call just the murder in Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) It was the midnight train to Eric Anders' face and leg. Yeah, according to Eric, he has not been beat like that or had his butt spanked like that since the day he was born. (laughs) Well, at least he was in good spirits. I, I, I do like it when a fighter can kind of take you know some perspective on on a loss um that was that was a good one a complete dismantling of who you are as a fighter makes me think of what that that coach from oklahoma state where he's like i'm a man <laughs> that was that was basically khalil rowdy jr was like i'm a man you did not step in this ring with me get out of my weight class <laughs> uh, it's rough i mean uh, Eric clearly had no quit in him, but uh, it, was, it was time. Like, you're struggling, man. You're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. He was fighting up. And so that's what happens sometimes when you fight up a weight class. It's just that you start running into, especially when you start getting into the, you know, to the light heavyweight division, you're mm-hmm. getting these big heavyweight guys who can cut to 205. And that's a problem. And so I, I think we'll see Eric Anders back I've, in the. Uh, I've in seen the, Eric up close and personal. The dude's no small guy. Like, that's a massive man. So I, I don't know how much we put on these weight cuts, but he, he's no slouch himself. Yeah, but that's the thing. And we'll talk about this a little bit later with the uh, Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier fight is that mm-hmm. even if you don't have to cut as far as you normally cut. There is a body difference. The amount of muscle and weight that you carry um, is different when you're fighting in a, in a, in a larger weight class. So um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's get into the co-main event. This was Israel Adesanya and new interim middleweight champion defeated Kelvin Gastelum via unanimous decision. This was a pitched battle back and forth. Israel Adesanya was in trouble early. He came back went into the fifth round, tied two to two, and then the domination station began. So what's important before we we further break that down is um, many might question, wait, didn't KC pick Kelvin Gastelum to win this? And the answer is yes and no. So on the show, I officially picked uh, Kelvin Gastelum, but... um, my nose was stuffy that day, so it, it took a little bit for me to realize the day of the fight. Like, wait, what was I thinking? Of course Israel's going to win this. So uh, I sent a text over to you like, uh, Brad, I got to change this. I got to change this immediately because I was way off. 
So nor- normally I would lie and say that you did not actually send me, but you did. You you did send it. It was before the fight started, so it was still within the 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 a, a time frame, the window to change your picks. So even though we we do have you recorded uh, on the show as picking Kelvin Gastulum, uh, you do go down as having that one corrected um, and having Izzy Adesanya. <laughs> Yeah, so if you ever use the nostril domus of MMA to uh, to help you with your fight picks, you're doing this all wrong. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't trust the show on that. <laughs> you got to be on the text chain. Come you got to be on the text chain. It. That's it. You know the the nostril domus is 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 subject to change up until the start of the fight. So therefore, <laughs> um, you know, you you and sometimes even after, but we don't count it. <laughs> Allegedly, that has uh, never happened. All right. So, what do you think, man? Was this fight of the year? This was an amazing fight. Uh, it, it just, it, I watched it with a different lens. Yeah. So, I think it was a great fight, but it was tainted for me just because I knew the outcome. And for me, it didn't get interesting up until the championship rounds when, uh, uh, just because there's a thought that coming into this, I figured Israel with his range, he's going to be able to just pick apart Gastelum and Gastelum's not going to be able to wrestle, which honestly he wasn't able to wrestle. Uh, but somehow they made it a slugfest, which how does that happen? But it was the head kick, uh, from Gastelum to Israel where Izzy was in the most danger he's ever been in, in the UFC that suddenly I was like, Oh snap. Like I know how this ends, but what? Come on. So it, it was interesting, but not as interesting as everyone made it out to seem. But again, I'm watching it with a different perspective of I know the outcome. It's hard for me to be at the edge of my seat at that point. Well, you know, one of the things that I saw on, I think it was Twitter or Instagram. Uh, it was Twitter. One thing I saw on Twitter was that people were questioning when Kelvin Gastelum, because there were two distinct moments when Kelvin Gastelum had Israel Adesanya hurt, and he chose to change levels and go for a double leg takedown and try to ground and pound. And that really gave Israel Adesanya an opportunity to recover and and stave off what could have been his very first defeat. And so I prepared this for Kelvin Gastelum because it is apparent that you, sir. Aha, you fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> well, it was a solid one, and and I'm excited for what comes next with uh, uh, for Israel here. Yeah, well, what's coming next is he's got a face Australian. Well, he's actually Robert Whitaker is from New Zealand, but he has claimed Australia as his home. He is the reigning middleweight champ, and he, they will have a fight in Australia. New Zealander Israel Adesanya to challenge the Australian Robert Whitaker. They say this is going to be the biggest fight in Australasia, biggest fight in Oceania history. Yeah, I think this one's going to be a great fight between the two two guys that are really known for being sluggers out there. That's very good. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, cheers. Good on you. All right, and in the main event of the evening, Dustin the Diamond Poirier defeated Max Blessed Holloway. Called it. You did. <laughs> I know you had mad love for your boy Max, but he. this was one where even knowing the outcome uh, and you and I talking about it, 
Man, it was fun to watch. It truly was because I think DC had it wrong. Uh, DC talked a lot about this was going to be a matchup between Dustin Poirier's power versus uh, Max Holloway's activity. But Max, uh, Max did his best. But Poirier, man, oh my goodness, he was nonstop. His energy never dropped from start to finish. The the amount of work that he put in, because there were times he stunned, I think in every single round, he had Max Holloway stunned at one point and went for a finish. The energy that it takes when you've got a guy up against the cage and you're trying to end the fight, to do that multiple times during the fight typically will gas you out by the second or third time. But Poirier just kept pouring it on and never relented. This fight was dope. I saw what you did there. What I do? Poirier kept pouring it on. I see what you did. <laughs> well Alliteration for the win. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was truly a fight between Poirier's strength and and Holloway. But you're right. Uh, Poirier just kept coming, and and he he never appeared to tire. Um, and when you put that relentless pressure on someone who can't contend with your power, it, it, this is what you get. Max Holloway, for as much as he stayed in the pocket and tried to fight, he just could not get a foothold. Um, it was interesting, Habib Nurmagomedov actually tweeted that he had this fight a draw. I don't know what Habib was looking at. but <laughs> No chance. There's no chance. Like, this fight was, t- for me, watching this fight, I knew Poirier was going to win Barring any type of, of, of sudden mistake or whatever, I knew Poirier was going to win in the first round. Like you could just see that this was his fight to win. So oh. I got, so I got two questions for you. The first one is: Was this a better fight than Israel Adesanya and and Kelvin Gastelum? Uh, I, I think it was personally. Uh, I just do because it. Uh, okay. No, I got to take it back. So I want to say yes, just because I think the personal side of me loves Dustin Poirier. I love his story, and I felt like it was definitely his time. Uh, But legitimately, I think you might have to give it to Israel because the dude battled back from adversity. Yeah, and he he made it a point to 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 actually talk about that and how much he battled back from adversity. For me, like I said before, I knew that Poye was going to win in the first round once I saw how much power he had and how many times Holloway touched him and it just didn't phase him. I was like, oh, this this nope, this is not going to yeah. work out. <laughs> Whereas the other one, it could have been anybody's fight coming into the fifth round, and just to see the resilience and just to see how you know the only other time that I saw a championship round, fifth round, just get dominated for that belt was when John Jones came back, stormed back to beat Alexander Gustafson. If you haven't seen that fifth round with that fight, that fight made the difference. Same thing with Israel Adesanya. But we're going to get back to the similarities and, and really what happens when two of the, you know, really the rising stars and the biggest fighters in the UFC start start getting in their own, each other's airspace. So we'll get there in a second. But uh, the last thing is, how, how do you feel about this Dustin Poirier-Habib uh, Nurmagomedov fight? This is a beautiful matchup. So Dustin showed his ability to just go and go and go and go. He's got this power and accuracy. Oh, my goodness. His boxing skills are are – he's just getting so much better, uh, especially since if you look back at his fight with um, – 
with Conor McGregor when Conor clips him behind the ear. That's not even the same Dustin Poirier anymore. This dude has transcended that. So with as much time as he's got between uh, uh, now and his uh, potential fight with Khabib here, or Habib, sorry, um, I think his big thing uh, uh, fighting against Habib will be being able to stay calm once uh, Habib takes you down and, and walks you up against the wall. If you can stay calm in that and don't fight um, uh, and don't panic in that like most fighters do, uh, I think that becomes the difference maker, and it it makes a really really close fight. Uh, and stylistically, this is just going to be this is just going to be fun. I I completely agree with you one hundred percent. This is a fight that is absolutely worth watching, and I, I can't wait to uh, to see it happen. That's it for the official decision. Let's get into the segment where we look at the headlines that are making waves in the UFC world. This is finding the angles. This is where we talk about the things that people are talking about after UFC 236. The first one is having to do with the fans that are unhappy with the new pay-per-view buy process. So for pay-per-views now, you have to have an ESPN Plus subscription before you can qualify to buy a pay-per-view. So you have to be spending $4.99 a month for the right to spend $60 a month for a pay-per-view, which is ridiculous. But people are choosing to do it because they love this sport just as much as me. But they were having problems with actually getting the pay-per-view purchase process completed. Now, yeah, PC, did I you have that problem? You were one of yeah, them. Yeah, I was definitely one of these guys who... I, I've got two ESPN Plus accounts, and neither of them worked for me. I, I tried multiple times, and then... It's rough, so this is why I ended up having to watch these ones afterwards and and knowing the outcome. So it kind of taints the experience. There's something about uh, going along the journey and, and the excitement of not knowing who's going to win. So I, I felt a little bit robbed of that, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, I'm a tech guy, so I was a bit discouraged. Like, all right, so I know technology. I know how AS numbers work. I know the backbone of the internet. How can I not figure out how to get this ESPN plus app to work? And so I took to Twitter and I was clearly not the only one who just like, not just mad that you could like buying this cost so much money, but that it just didn't work. Like as soon as you get over the mental hurdle of, Oh gosh, now I got to buy this uh, pay-per-view. Then it just doesn't work. Come on folks, get your life together. Yeah, so adding to the frustration, uh, other fighters, Tim Kennedy, uh, former UFC fighter, Michael Bisping, Hall of Famer. and He just Fra- couldn't see it, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it was like, open your other eye. eye. <laughs> <laughs> and Frankie Edgar, uh, former champ, uh, the answer, also had trouble. But they, I think they got him squared away. I saw some subsequent emails where he was like, yeah, yeah, thank you so much. And he watched the fight. So, so maybe I that, just got to win a belt first and then they'll fix my ESPN plus either that or he went to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so John Jones, we were talking about what happens when Israel Adesanya and John Jones, two of the most exciting fighters in the UFC, probably the two of the best in their own respective divisions. Um, they get in each other's airspace. They, what you get is a lot of trash talking and some mm-hmm. beef. 
And so John Jones beefing with Israel Adesanya about killing goats. What happened is, you know, the Israel Adesanya in his promotion with uh, with Ezra, uh, with uh, Anderson Silva, which people believe Anderson Silva is the goat. You know, Israel Adesanya has made multiple references about the goats. He says that, you know, he grew up eating goats. So this one is no different. Um, <laughs> and, big and, facts. Yeah, big facts. Uh, and then he also was asked, or somehow the name John Jones popped up, whether John Jones uh, expressed any interest in fighting Israel Adesanya or whether or not Israel Adesanya was asked whether or not he would be interested in fighting John Jones. And what he said was, it does tickle my loins. It does make me feel some type of way. I like challenges. Jones is the goat right now, right? I've already killed one goat. So I'm hunting the next. And that did not sit well with John Jones. And you want to explain uh, why well, that did not sit well with John Jones? Not at all. Um, so it's because th- there's this there's this history with John Jones and Anderson Silva where John Jones really sees uh, Anderson as uh, kind of like this sensei, like a guy who is able to, to, to lead the way and show him how to just fight differently and fight your own style. So there's a true affinity between the two. John Jones loves this man like a brother. And so John Jones took this personal, like, how dare you insult my hero, the dude who paved the way for us, and then to bring my name into this? So this, it, it kind of, it was a twofold insult that Jones took, even though this was, it, it wasn't necessarily a, a young guy calling any and everyone out. It was a guy who was put on the spot and, and it's like, hey, do you think you can beat the goats? Of course you got to say yes. But Jones... Jones, of course, was in his feelings. Yep. So what he responded with is, if you think you killed 44-year-old Anderson, you didn't. I'm not really sure what fight you've been watching. You got past the legendary goat. Now come mess with the king of the jungle. I'll make you call me daddy by the third round. And so uh, we would think that that maybe stopped, that Israel Adesanya would be focused on Kelvin Gastelum. And perhaps he was, because right after that fight, then John Jones threw some more shade and said, you guys can believe the hype if you want to. I've seen all I had to see. My man had a toe-to-toe kickboxing match with a short, stubby wrestler. There's only one John Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Um, John Jones was not happy. Uh, I, I think the, the shade was unnecessary. That was a great fight. And to, and, yeah. and, and, to, and to call Israel Adesanya out about that was just unnecessary, John Jones. But Israel, not being silenced, what he said was, no one really cares about him. I'm everything he wished he was. I'm everything he wished he would have been. He's like, ooh, I want to thank God. And meanwhile, he's in the back <laughs> making sniffing noises and hiding under the cage to avoid USADA. And so uh, there's an alleged story. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> there's a story about USADA coming to uh, uh, the uh, – John Jones camp to test him and John Jones hid under the cage and they act like he wasn't there to avoid getting tested that day. Not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, Israel Adesanya kept going. He said, John Jones literally reminds me of what I've hated most in life. Bullies. I don't like bullies. I detest bullies. So he's going to get this work, but I'm, but not until I'm ready to give him this work. I can fight him right now and give him work but I want to fight him when I know I can mess him up. Yeah. You think it ended? Of course. I mean, it's it's a statement. It's done and done. 
No. John Jones continues, bro, how are you going to call me out talking about your hunting the goat and then call me a bully for replying to you? You sound like you know you can't beat me right now. So if that's the case, keep my name out your mouth and we won't have these problems. Well, that's I feel like advice. that's one where it comes where he's like clapping the whole time. Keep my name out your mouth. <laughs> Probably. But he didn't put the emojis. Like I've seen people who put the clapping emojis. Yeah, you got to clap on that you one. You got to clap on that one. Well, <laughs> clap for yourself. Clap for you. Oh, you did it. <laughs> shout, shout out to all my Nigerian peoples out there. Yeah, Kamara knows what I'm talking about. So, so Israel Adesanya couldn't let it go. So he says, put it this way. If you want to beat me, you've got to do it yesterday. Every single fight, I'm getting better. The only one reason, there's only one reason he calls me out. And I know that John Jones is a man of challenges. I'm not an easy fight, but he knows if he wants to get me, the time is right now. I'm only a year and some change in this game. Imagine where I'm going to be in two years. He's trying to get this fight uh, early so that he has a better chance of beating me. But I'm player one, and I have the controller. So that fight is going to happen, but it will happen on my terms. Israel Adesanya is not backing down from John Jones. And I guess it's easy because there's no way. They're not in the same weight class. And all kinds of heaven would have to move in order to get these two in the same octagon yeah, in the next two years. It's strange for these guys to even be trash-talking each other. What's the point? Uh, yeah, you know, I guess because it, it, there's there's a no risk thing there. You know, it, it's yeah. kind of like you know when you talk trash to me, you know that I'm not going to get back in the ring with you. So you can talk oh, as much scared? trash as you want. So don't you be know, scared. I'm just doing you a favor. Oh, big facts. <laughs> hey, come take this belt anytime. You know, I'll just wait till you move. You're gonna need help to move. <laughs> I'll be like, yep. Uh, if you if you don't have any problems stealing the belt, then I don't have any problems stealing hey, the belt. You want some of this, old man? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Dillashaw issues an apology to fans for PED use. Um, he went on Instagram and posted a long video um, talking about his acceptance of the consequences for knowingly taking PED. My question for you is, how do you feel about it? Do you buy it as sincere? So you and I have had this long-standing conversation of giving credit where credit is due and taking credit away from fighters. And uh, so for me, this isn't one where he can earn anything back. So you cheated. Like, you're done. Like, uh, congratulations, I guess. But I will say it was ridiculously refreshing for a fighter to finally come out and and not say, oh, well, something happened and it was a tainted supplement or I ate the wrong beef or just these outlandish claims where you're insulting our intelligence. Like, come on, you, you, you took drugs. It happens. So for TJ to come out and just be forthright at this point and say, look, I'm taking my loss here. I'm not going into hiding. I did this and I need to be a better role model and example. That was refreshing. Do I respect him more? No, not at all. You you made this mistake. However, man, I just can truly appreciate the notion of a fighter being able to take his loss and not come up with an excuse. Well, you know, the, the one thing is he got suspended for two years. People are yelling for a year. I mean, not, not for a year, for a lifetime ban. And I'm like, no. There are rules. There are punishments. It's all been lined out. You don't, you don't 
he didn't do anything worse than anybody else has done from a PED perspective. And at least, like you said, he acknowledged it. He didn't fight it. He wasn't trying to to, to spin it in a certain way. So yeah. let the man serve his two years. We'll see him in two years. He's still got a lot of career. Hopefully he won't be like John Jones and have the metabolites that are pulsing. So that Yeah, that was my next question is uh, do you think it's fair if we get more fighters who are now in this I've used it before, and now I have uh, a quote unquote acceptable range. You, you, you have to. You, 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 there's no way that you can keep John Jones active in the UFC with the with the pulsing metabolites. Um, yeah. And and then you know ban or some uh, some otherwise banish other fighters because they have the same thing. So I, you know, this is something that I I predicted would happen now whether or not it happens with tj dillashaw i don't know but i predicted that if john jones continues to be allowed to fight with the pulsing um picograms if you will then other fighters have a motivation to try to get whatever even if it has zero advantage to Mm -hmm. to get that to to achieve that uh, because it's it's an edge however small it can be so I, I I just see that there will be other people who will try and who'll be willing to take a two year hiatus just to have that picogram uh, pulse that could potentially hide other things that are going on. So uh, I'm not accusing John Jones of doing that, but I'm just saying that it has opened the door for people How who may want dare various. You accuse John. I didn't accuse him. I'm just he saying he is simply the best, better I, I, than all the rest. All right, Tina. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that his unfortunate situation that is outside of his control has potentially created motivation for other nefarious people who might want to use the picograms in their own bodies to oh. mask other uh, illicit substances. Is this akin to, and of course not on a one-for-one scale, but that notion of a fighter purposefully missing weight for a uh, a chance at a championship fight because they're more likely to win. So why not just miss weight and get your shot at the title? One hundred percent. And 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 you know this is exactly it. That was what um, happened with Yoel Romero, right? It was he like, oh wait, you mean this fight doesn't actually? All I got to do is win. If I miss weight, I lose some of my purse, but I still get the benefit of winning and getting the title shot. That was versus Luke Rockhold, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, he missed weight. It was strategic. So it just becomes strategic. Just like, all right, so two-year suspension, biggest payday of my life. I'll take it. Yep. It's the game within the game. Let's go on. Dana White says DC and Lesnar not even started. Like, this is the whole thing we've been waiting for in 2019 was that Brock Lesnar was going to come back to the uh, to the UFC and fight Daniel Cormier in his last fight of his career. Now we're in April, and this is not even – they're not even talking about it. So you're saying there's a chance? No. Well, what was all that one in a million talk? <laughs> now, with with Dana, you just never know because half the fights he says, "Hey, this is never going to happen." They happen. The other half, like, "Hey, this is in the works," just falls through. So it, it's hard. It it is truly hard as a fight fan to believe that they've not considered this and there's nothing at all happening. Um. I don't know. I, we all know that he, he really, for the payday, wants the, the Jones versus Cormier fight to happen. But I don't know that that's a bigger payday than, than the Lesnar one. So the fact that nothing is happening seems strange. 
especially because yeah. Brock has already kind of laid the groundwork for this to happen. It, it's tough to believe as a fight fan that there's no conversations being had. Correct. I, I, I agree. Um, it, but at the same time, if it doesn't happen, I'd, I'd rather him fight a Stipe Miocic again than, than see John Jones again. I just, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Trust me, like, <laughs> like if they get that book, but I, you know, I, I feel like it's pretty academic now. John Jones having such a reach advantage, having the ability to neutralize takedowns and things like that. Um, I, I just don't think that that Daniel Cormier is going to do any better, fare any better than he did in the first two outings. Even if John Jones got popped for PEDs uh, the second time, I just I, I don't think that it. I think that Daniel Cormier. The John Jones has done Daniel Cormier's number. All right, last one. Ronda Rousey is taking a WWE hiatus to start a family with Travis Brown. Uh, I know that you don't really consider this mixed martial arts or combat sports. <laughs> like not even a little bit. But this is Ronda Rousey, who who you know at the time, at one time, was one of the most dominant champions in WMMA, and Travis Brown was there a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> he was present. He was present. <laughs> call. Yes. Um, so you know it. It does. It doesn't have MMA implications, but it is interesting to see what what are they doing now. And you know, like I said, it's it's Ronda Rousey. She she's wanted to start a family. Um, it's very hard to do that when you're in WWE or when you're in the UFC. So she's taking a break to. You know, to uh, to to see if she can uh, can start a family with Travis Brown. All I know is that uh, I've got Ronda Rousey by submission in the Yuck. second round. Yuck! I don't even want to touch that. But I will say, Ronda doesn't seem to be the healthiest person for any promotion. <laughs> like we know that the WWE loves their good storylines, but I think people are legitimately within the WWE. Kind of over her shtick. Well, so was, this is probably a good time to take that break. That's why I wasn't interested in seeing Ronda Rousey on the silver screen because she's only got one face. She's only got one character she can play, and and yeah, you know it, that's what the thing with with WWE. You can kind of be the the you know the mean character, and and you can kind of play that all the time. You know that's kind of what uh, Undertaker did and Kane and those guys. Mm-hmm. But you know Ronda Rousey is a is a very limited character. Yeah, um, sure. So I think they probably got as much runway as they can out of her. Like you're gonna really bring her back? What is she gonna do? Yeah, she doesn't really enhance the storylines at all. Yeah, so, I mean she brings extra drama, right? Because there's a question of if wrestling is in some way scripted. Not saying that it is because it is. Santa is real. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not, is it true that Ronda could truly beat up every woman on the roster? Um, I, I think that that has been both intriguing and just poisons the storyline because it's like, all right, so, yeah, you can fight. But what else do you bring? So I've got some friends who are professional wrestlers and uh my uh, undergrad, Missouri Valley College, has produced uh, quite a few professional wrestlers. And and the road that it takes there, it's not just being an athletic specimen. Like, you've got to be a well-rounded entertainer. And Ronda never cultivated 
the ability to captivate a crowd. Right. She she does not she does not have a rapport with the crowd. I mean, they they cheer for her because she's Ronda Rousey, but at this yeah. point, you you can't just live on that name the whole time. So, um, yeah, I don't think that she has the what you know the Rock had or Steve Austin had or you know even with limited Bobby Lashley, former Bobby Missouri Lashley. Valley you just said Donnie. Did you? Say I said Donnie? Bobby. You said Bobby. Yeah, I heard Donnie, but okay, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Lashley, former Missouri Valley College wrestling champion. Now with Factory X. Uh, he hasn't been there in forever, so I just I figured since you're plugging all the <laughs> names, you're gonna plug Coca Cola too. What are you gonna do? You're gonna, you know. Um, I will say you guys should check out Jeff, um, Jeff Cobb. He is a professional wrestler as well, former Missouri Valley College wrestler, and he wrestled in the Olympics in 2000. Let's say six. I don't know. Math is hard. Uh, but thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be something that's divisible by four. Look, I may be an engineer, 2000, but 2004, maybe 2008. <laughs> One of those. You or was check it, it or did he wrestle in the Winter Olympics? Because that could have happened. You know, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> All right. Never well, that again, is... I try to be nice and throw out friends. So Chelsea, you're never going to make it onto the show. Sorry. All right, and she just did. It's the <laughs> fight card. Let's get into the fights that are coming up this weekend with my favorite segment, the fight card. This is the fight card. This is where we look at the fights that are coming up this weekend. We've got one fight. It's UFC St. Petersburg. Overeem versus Olenek versus, uh, well, versus, it's versus a three-man it's a, <laughs> three battle royal coming to you live from St. Petersburg, Russia. That was kind of good. Yeah, you should you. do that more often. Uh, yeah, Overeem versus Olenek. It's Saturday, April 20th in the Ublimini. Sports Palace in St. Petersburg, Russia. You'd have thought that between all of these takes that I would have gotten the the name of the venue right at this point. I mean, it got better. Well, thank you. You know, <laughs> it got better. It got better. Um, so uh, Alexander Volkov, uh, who was defeated by uh, Derek Lewis in like the last ten seconds of his fight, um, was supposed to fight Alexander Overeem, but he was. Um, um, had some health issues, and so Olenek had to take his place. Olenek is a submission specialist. He's got more fights. If you can believe it, he's got more fights than Alistair Overeem. Dude, Alistair's been in this game forever, so these guys just, like, fight every weekend. Yeah. So Olenek has won four of his last five fights by submission, and, of course, Alistair Overeem is elite kickboxer and K1 champion. So we've got five fights on the card. The first fight of the night is someone that I really, really really support i love this fighter even though she doesn't win very often and that's roxanne modafferi the happy warrior she is just a fantastic person and i want to see her do well but she is facing and antonina Shevchenko. Oh, roxanne's the like cosplayer girl yes or woman sorry yeah yes that's her and so she's, she's like fighting 36 that's crazy what that's a long career i like that 
Oh, yeah. She's got a lot of fights. She's kind of one of, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, going back to the Gina Carano days and, and you know, the early days of Chris Cyborg, Roxanne Modafferi is not far behind those guys. Like, she's been in this game a long time cultivating her skill. And, you know, she was in the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, she fought for the Ultimate Fighter Championship and lost. Um, and she's been trying to make her career in the UFC. So I really, really would love to see her win this fight, but I don't think she will. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you got Ivkin, uh, Ivan uh, Shitikov versus Devin Clark. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich versus Marcello Golm. Islam Makachev versus Armin Zarukin. Zarukin! And the boa constrictor, Alexei Olenek versus the demolition man, Alistair Overeem. That's the main event. What is your flash fight pick, sir? Uh, I'm going to the boa constrictor. All right. On this one. Yeah. All right. I, I, too, am going, you know, rule number one is always, always, or actually never bet against the Russians. So always it's pick the Russian. When it comes to American elections. Yes. Boom. Uh, and uh, even though I think Olenek is actually from the Ukraine, uh, that's still close enough. Eastern European, you know, Soviet bloc will take it. Um, I got Olenek via submission. I think he gets Alistair Overeem out of there by, thir- by three rounds. All right. Um, that's it for the show. Follow we on, did it. Follow us on social media. On Instagram, I am at Combat Sports Talk. And I am at obfuscated, O-B-F-U-S-C, the number eight, T-E-D. Wait, is that the one where you do all the weightlifting? Nope, that would be push, pull, pray. Wait, wait, is it, which one is the one where you do all the, the, the walking around in the wilderness in Colorado and taking pictures with your drone? That would be unfettered joy. Some of us have to have multiple Instagrams. <laughs> well, John Keys, who doesn't, who's, who's boycotting Instagram and choosing only <laughs> to do Twitter, he is at Keys to Victory. That's with an Keys with an E S. And uh, we are also, you can go on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com. Check out the 89 other uh, archived shows of all the things that we've talked about for many, many, many years. Um, you can also catch us on any platform that does podcasts that's itunes that's spotify that's all of them. all of them <laughs> <laughs> soundcloud stitcher yeah we also have a section for live events unfortunately april 13th for ufc 236 was my 17th wedding anniversary so i wasn't able to hook up with george g money stallworth and do a live reaction show during the fight so we will have to catch you guys at ufc 237 okay Let's get ready to do this thing. Our theme music is composed by Scott McCurry at scottdeancountry.com and KC Onyebuchi produced our lead-in. I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Combat Sports Talk. For KC Onyebuchi, I'm Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw balls.